can't relate. Straight talk going, say not safe. For you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going, state to state. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girl, your host is back. Man, it's the first week of November. Halloween has passed us. It's now a straight shot to the American Thanksgiving. If anybody really cares here in Canada, I don't. We already had our Thanksgiving. We did. We already had it. And uh, then it's Christmas after that. And then it's the new year. And um, we're still in COVID. But on the plus side, at least wrestling in Ontario is back. And I have who I consider to be arguably one of the deathmatch kings of the North. And I'll put my stamp on that now. Please help me welcome one half of my favorite tag team, Airstrike. He doesn't have as good as hair as Mike Forte, but it's still like top five hair in Ontario. Please help me welcome Tyler Arrow to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, my dude? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm great, buddy. I'm great, man. I mean, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, we've talked about it for a while. Just schedules never really mashed up and stuff like that. But we're here now, yep. and that's the most important thing. That's it, yeah. We've been trying to get this for... I think since before COVID. Even. Yeah. I think I reached out to you like in early April before COVID and then kind of the world just stopped. And I was just yeah. like, you know what? Let's just everybody take a breather. I even took some time off because we didn't know what we were walking into. Oh. And here it was hard. It was hard, man, because we didn't have shows for a long time. I think most of us, including myself, thought this was going to be like a month, maybe two. And then we'd start going back to normal. And then you fast forward, it's been what? almost two years or something like that. Yeah. We're going into like, our, we're going into the tail end of our actually December, I believe December 18th or 19th is when the first case was officially like brought to attention. So yeah, yeah. we're, we're like under two months away from two years. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, even now it's very surprising like to see like on my end, for example, I got like six or seven bookings coming up, which was unheard of a year ago. You know, so we're clearly making those right steps at this point to get to where we work. Absolutely. And you know what? I actually read an article last night. I mean, not to talk politics for a long second, because we are going to talk about you and wrestling. But I did read something last night that they expect by March for us to be back pre-COVID. Like, yeah. everything's going to be lifted. Yeah, let's just hope that sticks to it, you know? Absolutely, man. I just, I need, I need more consecutive shows. So obviously this is going to air after you and I ran into each other, you know, face to face uh, at uh, HWE. Yes. I'll be again calling another airstrike match, which is always a great time. And um, the one thing I got to say about you and Forte yes. is that you guys have so much great success as a tag team, but you also have your individual uh, successes. Uh, yes. Forte is very uh, well-renowned in um, who he is and his story is incredible, but yours as well. And all the stuff you put yourself through, actually, we follow each other on TikTok. And yep. the last TikTok you posted a couple weeks ago was hilarious. It's like uh, when your mom says, don't hurt yourself. And then there's a shot of you taking like nine or 10 light pulls to the back. <laughs> yeah, no, the, uh, yeah, those, uh, the crutch with the light tubes on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that match hasn't even aired yet. I'm, I, it's one of my, uh, like, honestly, it's one of my favorite hardcore matches to this point. And I said, uh, we, it hasn't been aired yet. I've only, I haven't even seen the full thing. I got a couple of cell phone clips here and there, but I'm like, I've been, I've messaged a couple times. I'm like, when's this going up? I got to see it. Like, you know, because I got to show everybody because, you know, 
everyone's always asking like if they see me physically <laughs> and I have, you know these cuts on my face or my arms or whatever they're they're asking what the hell happened so now i gotta like okay well here's my cell phone and i gotta show them what i did and then that never ends well but you know what it's, it's your hat says right there death proof fight club we don't talk about fight club okay that's, that's it one. we don't talk about it you want to know what happened fucking watch it on youtube don't ask that's it. just watch that's it that's exactly it so speaking of the death proof fight club speaking of hardcore matches in ontario again yep. people people wouldn't know the layers of tyler arrow they wouldn't know right. how how technically sound you are in the ring but yep. also that you enjoy that side you enjoy yep. the hardcore side sometimes i feel like you enjoy it a little bit more so the first thing i gotta ask <laughs> is i mean obviously Every, everybody here on the show, myself included, you, we're all wrestling fans. We started as wrestling fans. Then our journeys yep. take us in different formats. Me, I like the conversation process. I like talking. I like learning the stories. You were braver than me. You stepped in the squared circle. But not only did you step in the squared circle, you've touched every avenue of the squared circle. I mean, again, like your hat says, let's start off with Death Proof. Then let's start. Then we'll go into No Ring North. But how, how does one get booked for a hardcore match? Like... Do you just call up Death Proof and say, hey, man, I want to get shit thrown at me? Or did they <laughs> did they ease you into it? What's the journey for Tyler Arrow? Well, see, my first Death Proof match and my only Death Proof match, might I add, was uh, New Year's Day uh, just before COVID. Like, it was two months before the shutdown. Like, I never wrestled Death Proof before. And my first match there was a triple threat. It wasn't even a hardcore match, mind you. It was against uh, Rex Atkins and Chip Punk. You know, that was that was it. it was straight triple threat. Everything applied, you know. And, I mean, uh, I believe Punk went over in that one, and that's just how it went. But I got such a reciprocation from that crowd that, you know, because it was one of those things. I'd never been there before. I'd never wrestled for Death Proof. Um, talking to, to Head, I impressed him at mcw in brantford when i did a flipping senton off their little stage there and that's what drew his attention to me to bring me in there but i'd only wrestled one death proof match and it wasn't even a hardcore match so that was a very interesting aspect because there was a few obviously there was going to be a few hardcore matches it was death proof and i believe we were the open or the second i can't remember <clears throat> but you know we didn't really we didn't use chairs we didn't use tables light tubes barbed wire nothing it was just a straight triple threat because even rex to, to that point, never done any hardcore matches that I'm aware of. Um, he'd only done Death Proof a handful of times, but to my knowledge, it's always been a regular match of some kind. Um, Jim Punk, I didn't at the time know anything about, <laughs> but I know he did the Demand Lucha stuff, but I know they do a bit of both as well, like the odd hardcore, and then they'll do, you know, the Lucha stuff. So with that, there was no hardcore to my arsenal whatsoever. Like I had a couple of kendo stick on a pole match. I had a ladder war, you know, nothing really what you would consider hardcore death match by that point. So really it's just one of those things that started from there and you really didn't know what I was capable of in that setting. And believe it or not, the pandemic is what made it snowball into, you know, the cheese graders and all that other shit, you know? <laughs> So every, every, I guess you'd say deathmatch fighter has their go-to weapon. I mean, yeah. you look at, look at Nick Gage, it's a pizza cutter. 
You yep. look at uh, you look at John Moxley. I want to say uh, Moxley's got layers to him, but I want to say I mean the go to for Moxley would be I think he's classic. I think he's old school. A chair, a table, anything that you could throw somebody through. That's yeah. Moxley's like repertoire. And then yeah. you've got uh, you've got your guys. I mean like Mick Foley, synonymous with the baseball bat barbed wire or the yeah. two by four wrapped in barbed wire. Um, totally. You know, everyone has that little niche. I mean, the Honky Tonk Man, he wasn't a hardcore guy, but he always smashed somebody's head through a guitar. Same thing with yep. Jeff Jarrett. There are weapons that are synonymous with certain wrestlers. So, yes, yep. yours is the cheese grater. And <laughs> we, we need to discuss the cheese grater. So how did Tyler Arrow become synonymous with something that grades cheese? Not faces. <laughs> Not faces. But you've used it to grade faces. So please continue now. So... My first time using that myself was in that match that I had that hadn't aired yet. Um, it was, I don't want to spoil too much of it because it hasn't been aired yet, but um, it was just a random occurrence. In the match, There were we had a few, we had quite a few things to work with here. You know, there was that crutch with the light tubes that you'd seen. There's obviously the chairs and, you know, and then I came across this one thing that was there that was a crutch that had cheese graters zip tied to it. And I remember seeing that at my my first death proof match when I debuted there um, in the fit in the main event. Sorry. And I was kind of drawn to it, but I never really vocalized it. I thought it was interesting. And, you know, no matter who you talk to, you can't make a cheese grater as a weapon sound normal. <laughs> you really can't. So no, you can't, you, you can't. So, I, I think a cheese grater. I think of pizza. That's what I think. Maybe that's, I, that's just me. I'm sorry. That's just me. But that's it. So I've kind of been drawn to that because it's such an unorthodox thing. It's almost like, you know, it's like Nick Gage with the pizza cutter. No one looks at a pizza cutter. Well, I mean, some people, I guess, would. But generally, normal people doesn't look at um, a pizza cutter and think, I want to take that to someone's face. I want to stick that in someone's mouth and like try to cut their tongue out. You know, you don't think about that kind of stuff. So when I kind of look at the cheese graters, I kind of think of that as, you know, at the the first real show for no ring North with a real crowd. I took that thing off the back and I had it graded across my forehead. I'd never heard a reaction. So like, Oh my God. And Holy shit. As that crowd was at that moment, because that was one of the last things we used. We had the, the bat with the thumbtacks that didn't get that kind of reaction. I did my, the finish of that match was the elbow drop through the table. That got, that got the reaction I expected. But the cheese grater, everyone went nuts for it. Mind you, yeah, it fucking hurt. <laughs> and it ended up, you know, my back was shredded and so was my face. But because of the unorthodox complex of that weapon, I've kind of been drawn to that. It kind of, it's something different. It's not something you see everywhere. And now we got it on the shirt. And, you know, going forward, I think, I guess that's that's just the, the gimmick there, you know. <laughs> yeah that's that's the gimmick it's like that from now on whenever you go around to a show you better have a cheese grater with you you know what you should do you should start selling cheese graters with your signature <laughs> on them i would buy one straight yeah. up yeah exactly and that's the best that's the best merch <laughs> idea right there just the the spontaneous but natural you know exactly so when you start selling cheese graters as merch all i ask is that you hook your boy up with one and i'll pop it right there <laughs> all right it's right there Right there. Right there. So, Perfect. <laughs> Tyler Arrow. 
Stay, stay cheesy, Tyler Arrow. <laughs> so, um, that that is. I, I'm just. I'm. They're just flowing. I I got it. I'm your merch manager. I am now officially Tyler Arrow's merch manager. 100. percent So, um, let's talk airstrike for a second. You guys yeah. are two of the most nicest, uh, sweetest. Uh, humblest, talented individuals in the world. And like I said, you both have amazing stories. And um, my daughter, she's always a great judge of character for me because whoever right. she gravitates to, I know it's someone that I can bring into the world with her. I can say, right. okay, you're going to sit down with this person. So now she's old enough. You know, she's 12. She just celebrated her birthday about three weeks ago. So she's 12 oh. now. And um, as we were preparing for interviews and preparing for shows opening up, she started doing her own research. She started checking Ontario Indy and who she wanted to talk to because wow. not that you guys aren't, are, are not easy to talk to, but it's about, she's much like me focused on building up this scene, building up this great yep. community that we have here that a lot of people don't understand. The North is strong, man, when it comes to wrestling talent and a lot of people, a lot of people sleep on us and the bigger companies uh, like MLW, like AEW, like WWE, I feel like they don't give us the fair shake. Yeah. There's a lot of Canadians in, you know, AEW and WWE. There's a few Canadians in MLW. I mean, Alicia Altoot, that's pretty much the only North representation there, but right. um, you know, we have some of the best talent here and I'll put, I've said that numerous times and that's not a secret in my opinion. I like to share that with the world, but she right away, um, when I sat down with Forte, she watched the interview and she's like, dad, I really like this guy. I'm like, all right, well, we can totally get him. And then she started yeah. researching and then well, well, wouldn't you know, oh, dad, they have a tag team. I go, yeah, yeah. Forte's in a tag team with Tyler Arrow, who I've been trying to get with since the pandemic. So hopefully we can lock something down. <laughs> and then she's like, well, I'm going to get both of them before you. I was just like, oh, okay. Well, I've already, already interviewed mike like that's in the can yeah. yeah but if i get mike and tyler then i got one up on you <laughs> okay and, Fair enough. and that's how the and that's, that's how, and that's how the five questions happen and what did you know and you remember that she walked up to both of you and she's like guys can we do five questions and i was just oh, yeah. like you dumb shit you're grounded <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was one of the it was one of the funniest and uh, most enjoyable five questions. Even when I edited, it, I was in stitches, laughing my ass off at how uh, funny and just amazing both of you guys were. And Forte fucked her up because Forte had the Tyler Arrow shirt on, and so when she introduced both of you, she's like Tyler Arrow and Mike Forte, and I was just like, so just to be an asshole, I switched the name credits and then switched them back in the edit. Just to be <laughs> like, oh, no, no. <laughs> but she's like, she's always like, oh, I can't believe I did that. But she she laughed her ass off. And then we watched you two tear it up in the ring. So in terms of natural chemistry, how do you build a tag team? Because Forte and you were both singles guys. And then you yeah. came together to form Airstrike. And then obviously now we have Hairstrike. We have yeah. all the amazing hair care products that we know are coming. And... Um, so two-part question, how did Airstrike, how was Airstrike born? And will we ever see a hardcore side to Airstrike? Like a full-out tag team hardcore match? Well, honestly, originally, Mike and I, I'm not even going to say we weren't friends, but we didn't really know each other. Like, we had a couple times we had trained together, and we were never overly really close. He'll, he'll be the first to tell you the first impression of me he had was he has a nice drop kick. That was the first thing he thought about me. And that was it. Um, you got to say we, it in the Forte voice though. He has a really nice drop kick. Yes. A really nice drop. Kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, and that was really it. And we never really, 
you know, we hadn't worked together much. We hadn't, I think our first time wrestling together was that Courage Pro Wrestling. We had a singles match, which that led to Airstrike. Um, we didn't really know much about each other. We really didn't. We ha- went to dinner after a couple of shows with some of the guys a couple of times. And, you know, it, that was really the extent of it. And then we were uh, given the idea to make a tag team off that singles match. And from there, once we became the team, because originally it was supposed to be just for Courage Pro Wrestling. And we're thinking to ourselves, at the, especially at that time, there was no consistent tag teams. There was a handful. And I, we, we actually sat and named them off at the time. Uh, I can't remember who exactly they were, but um, there wasn't many. So we're thinking, why don't we bring this everywhere? It's like, you know, we're doing great singles. It's like, but I think we can really elevate this being a tag team because there's not many consistent tag teams. And if we can do this right, then it's only uphill from here. Eventually, there's a lot of people talking that maybe we'll have to go our own ways and go back to singles. And I'm like, you don't necessarily have to do that. You can stay a team and do singles at the same time. You know, it's all a matter of who's in your title picture, who's in the the main storyline on the mid card. You know, you can still do it. I mean, him and I have worked singles matches. We worked uh, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. We were a tag team, but we worked them in singles matches. So you don't necessarily have to uh, break us up from that point. No, you don't. From there, it was just coming up with ideas left, right, and center. We had no idea what to call ourselves. We had no idea what kind of what kind of finish we wanted. We had nothing. Uh, We actually picked the name Airstrike from a promo we put out, and we requested a bunch of names from a bunch of fans. So then we ended up with like thirty or forty names, and you know there was a bunch of random. There was Hair Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there was Hair Canada. There was. Uh, I do like that. I'm not gonna lie. I do like that one. I like. There, there was some. Was some bad ones. I can't really think of like a lot of them at the time. But there was just some generic ones. Like people were saying like Poor Tarot and stuff like that. And I was like, that's you're just putting two names together. I mean, you might as well just be Tyler Arrow and Mike Forte at the time. Um. So eventually, we saw the name Airstrike, and then we like eventually we were just kind of grouping them out because neither of us are good at decision making. <laughs> So we eventually just came down to, okay, these are our top 15 out of 30. Okay, here's our top seven out of 15. Okay, now we're done to three. We need to decide now. And the only one out of those three that I was like, you know, I could see this on a shirt. I could see this on a, on a poster or a graphic or an 8 by 10 It was Airstrike. And from there, that's just how that came to be. And uh, then, you know, we had the, the regular T-shirts that I designed. And we came up with a sushi tank top just for shits and giggles it was not meant to be sold and then we uh managed to sell out of those so i mean and then the in-ring stuff it just kind of came naturally because you know you got we're both it's weird we're both high flyers but in different ways Mm -hmm. he's high flying but his is all like defensive you know it's to get out of stuff to get away from things evasions whatever and mine's all offense Mm -hmm. so it kind of works really well when it you know you put that together Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's a big compliment to each other. Um, Regarding the hardcore stuff, I've always given, like, I love hardcore. You know, there's people who who hate it. There's people who judge me for liking it. I'm not worried about satisfying those people when I'm doing hardcore wrestling. I'm worried about satisfying the hardcore fans, the hardcore promoters. Um, It's all aim and direction. Mm -hmm. So whenever I hear Mike 
consider getting into hardcore. I get mad, kind of, because, like, he's so good. And we did a photo shoot uh, with, with Jeff from Shooting the Indies once, and he made a comment. He's like, we're like, we don't know what to pose. We've been a team for 20 minutes kind of thing. And he's like, well, let's work with, let's work with what you got. He's the good-looking, clean-cut. He's in shape. And you're you're the rugged one. That was that was what he said. And I was like, okay. I'm like, so now even thinking back to that, I'm like, he's the good looking one. He's in shape, you know, and all this, he's in great shape. He works out all the time. I'm like, why do you wanna why do you wanna consider a hardcore match? I was like, you got all the pieces there. And then he's just kind of similar to how I looked at it, is except for like I really do love that kind of wrestling. He kind of looks at it as just like even if he only does it once, it's something he can say he's done, he's tried, he liked, or he didn't like. Something like that. Like, for me, I tried it out. I happen to enjoy it. And now I continue to do it. Mind you, I don't think I could do this every single week. No. But, you know, it's a different atmosphere to step into. It's a different crowd. It's a different dressing room. It's, you know, I can truthfully say when I'm doing those shows, I am never stressed whatsoever. It's literally just go out and have fun. There's not a whole lot to it. As it's gonna hurt, but it's fun. So I gotta ask that you, you said you said when you're doing those matches, you're never stressed. So yeah. what what matches put pressure on Tyler Arrow? When do you feel the pressure? Uh that's the thing, like you know, breaking the fourth wall on wrestling, the the planning. Hmm. There's so much to remember. There's so much like when I started wrestling, I started wrestling when I was I started training when I was 15 years old. I had my first match by the time I was 16. And uh, when I started, it was, here's your, like, your three spots, your finish, figure out the rest. Just go with it. So when I step into the atmosphere now and there's people who plan from bell to bell and I'm like, I'm going to forget something. 100%, I'm going to forget something. Because that's just not how I was trained. Nothing against anyone who does it. Like, everyone's got their ways of doing it. And that's fine. Uh, you know, some people are great at doing that i'm not you know like i'm bound to forget something i'm bound to forget even if it's the smallest thing and then once i forget it i'm gonna beat myself up about it when i'm done because i know i fucked up mm -hmm. and it's one of those it's just one of those personal preference things so it's not even the fact that the match itself stresses me out it's like i'm always thinking like like once the time comes i don't even want to talk to anybody because i'm like i'm trying to remember like i need to i need to stay in that mentality from minute one to walk out, I need to think and I need to continue going. And then when I get in there, I'm just like, it's all gone. <laughs> the bell rings, it's all gone. I'm like, shit. So then I got to work with it for a while until it's time. It's like, okay, so we're on the right track here. Go to the next spot. And it's just, it's one of those things. So with the hardcore wrestling, it's literally, these are the weapons you got. This is, the, this is what I want out of the ending. Go have fun. Try not to kill each other. Okay. So what you're saying is, is that hardcore, at least in your opinion, and again, it, it, the great thing about my show is that your opinion and my opinion right now are all that matters. Nobody else's opinion right. matters. So exactly. it's perfect. So what you're saying in, in terms of hardcore, and I get that now, is listen, you've got your spots. These are the weapons that we, we, we want to focus on in this match. But how you get there is completely organic. So what, yes. you, what you're saying is, is that when it comes to Tyler Arrow, you like the organicness of wrestling. You want to let the match move in the direction that it's going to move in organically 100 percent. like i feel if you put too much into your match you don't have that real natural feeling of what the crowd is you know reacting to 
Because there's a crowd, don't get me wrong, the secrets of wrestling are all exposed, but that crowd is still reacting to everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I've been in crowds at shows where there's two people sitting there and something happens, and then the, the guy in the crowd turns to his buddy and goes, oh, they fucked up. Like, I don't like that. It's like, because then you just know, you're just looking for each and every single little individual spot. And don't get me wrong, there are some very smart fans who can sit there and be like, okay, here's the shine. Here's the hot comeback. Here's the goal, you know? It's like when you're planning all of that, that to me makes it more obvious. Don't get me wrong. A lot of, I guess, how you're selling it in your face and you're telling that story, that all comes into factor as well. I was never really the greatest at storytelling. I really wasn't. I was never a good talker. I was never a good guy for the cameras. Truthfully, the tag team is what's breaking me out of that shell because Mike's a great guy for the camera. He's a great personality. It took up until we started tag teaming and even not even in the early days it took me a good after almost a good year of tag teaming before i even felt comfortable talking to cameras and talking on the microphone and everything else like that so for me it's just like you said i like that organic that build you know it's like let it come let it come it's in feet like the crowd's reacting if they're not liking it switch it up because the the regular plan clearly isn't working you know, if they're loving it, it's like, all right, let's continue it. Maybe we'll throw in things here and there. Have some, obviously it's a little different with COVID now, but it's like, get some crowd involvement, you know? And that's, to me, to me, it's that's the storytelling. You know, I feel if you can tell that story organically, it just ends up being so much better. And it feels realistic. Like, truthfully, it feels more real, despite what we're doing, you know? So that's kind of how I look at it. That's what I love about the hardcore stuff. It's literally... They see these weapons and they're looking and they're like, oh, I think he's going to use that. I think he's going to use that. It's like, but you don't fucking know. They're just there. Like, how many hardcore matches have you seen where someone set something up and then they didn't even touch it? Oh, fuck. You know what? I'm not going to lie. That's my major beef with hardcore matches. When something gets set up and it looks so beautiful and you're like, okay, I can't wait to see this shit happen. And then it never gets touched. And I'm like, you? Exactly. But there's that unpredictability. It's like, you're expecting that and then it didn't happen. But mind you, if that's a rivalry match, you know they're doing something big at the next one now. Because oh, if they yeah. step that up at this one, you know they're either going through it or doing something bigger the next time. I like I like I like that. I like that. Uh, you are wise beyond your years. Now maybe it's because you started so young. I mean 15, 16. Uh yeah. You know what? I always find that fascinating when I hear stories of how young some some wrestlers that I admire got into it. Uh, but there's one thing I got to disagree with you uh, on. Yeah. I don't think you're uh, I don't think you're not built for the cameras. I think you are built for the cameras and I think uh, you should really see how talented you are. And I'm sure you know that, but it's always great to hear. And it's not me kissing your ass. It's me being honest. Uh, My first commentary gig uh, at at Hamilton back in July, I was nervous as shit. Uh, You can even watch it on the tape. I was supposed to do the bell and nobody told me I was supposed to do the bell. (laughs) And I screwed up so many times on the bell to the point where you could actually see Harry at one point he's in the corner and he's like this. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in trouble. But to be able to call some of the matches that I was able to call that night, especially to call a great tag team match like Stoke and Stone versus Airstrike, that's right. like bucket list early on. Who could say that they've had the honor of calling matches? And I've I've watched your body of work for a long time. I've been a fan, but to be able to call the match and call right. it as organic as it was, because you guys are both phenomenal talents. And as much as you are great as a, as a tag team, I love the individual aspect. 
So I got to right. ask because you mentioned old school wrestling fans always know when a team, a team can only go so far together. Yeah. Or they either stay a team or they break apart in yeah. any of the promotions you're involved with. And you're involved with a very, a lot of promotions as a tag team. You're involved with them yeah. as both singles and tag team competitors. Yep. If any of the promotions came to you and said, okay, you know what? We're done with airstrike for now. We, we, we want to see Tyler and Mike start a rivalry. We want to right. see one turn on the other. How, in your mind, would you want that to be booked? I'm not saying I want to see Airstrike break up. I like it. I love Airstrike. Love them. Yeah. But if it was the right promotion, the right storyline, how would Tyler Arrow and Mike Forte like to have that fallout booked? That's a great question. Uh, Speaking on Mike's behalf, I'm not sure. Okay, let's go um, with you then. Just Tyler yeah. Arrow. How would Tyler Arrow love to see the fallout of Airstrike be booked? That would have, to me, that's a long story. You know, we've spent the last, including the pandemic, we've spent the last two to three years, you know, tearing up in the in tag divisions everywhere we've gone. You know, we've had numerous, we hold two titles right now. Um, you know, we've done what I would like to feel is so much, even though there is so much more we can do. We've done so much in such a short amount of time that I feel it would have to be such a long story to tell. You know, in terms of heel face, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, Mike's Mike's very beloved. He's the ultimate baby face. You know, we've been told that. So I feel like the one who would have to be the, the asshole is me because I've had the... Uh, especially with the hardcore stuff. I got the the ZFG personality, you know, where, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It's like, if we're in the ring together, I got one goal and one goal only. So I feel like that's kind of how it would have to go. But I feel like it would have to be such a long story. Like, because you're building up all of this as a team and now you have to break it down and build all the way back up, but against each other. Mm -hmm. So I feel that's a very long story to tell. And I feel like it would be very, not like, the matches would probably be great. We haven't wrestled against each other, and I couldn't tell you how long. I feel it's like been... it would have to be a best of seven. But I feel like I have an idea turning in my head, and again, this is just me throwing out an idea. I think it would have to be set up in a way where it's you're both in a tournament for a vacant title, a vacant right. singles title. You end up working your way to the finals, and you yeah. both do the whole respectful thing, like brother versus brother, we're going to leave it all out to the ring. But at the end of the day, you're still my brother, and we're still going yeah. to do it. But one would have to come out on top, and then the green-eyed monster would kind of seep through on the other one. Yes. And it would start affecting the tag team. They would end up, one would end up not listening to the other, or there would be no communication. There wouldn't be that seamlessness communication that always happens with tag team wrestling. Yep. And then it would just be one ending, ending up leaving the other one high and dry, losing the tag titles. And then that's how organically, I think, from there, you could build it, but it would have to be for me, it would have to be a series seven. It couldn't right. just be a one or two or a three. I feel like it would have to be a seven series. It would have to be a promotion willing to put in that much time. Yeah. Cause especially on our, on the Ontario independent scene, especially month shows are very uh, spaced out. You know, you're lucky to see in every month with one promotion. So, yeah, you'd have to have that company that's willing to put that time in because at the end of it, that's a year to a year and a half. Oh, yeah. Possibly with some promotions. And if they're willing to put that in, then great. We'll give you the best we got, mm -hmm. you know, and that's 
that's well that's what we're there to do we're putting there to put on a show we're there to satisfy the people to satisfy the the company you know it's as long as the the timing's right that's basically the uh oh, of course end of it there the timing yeah. has to be right but what did you say in all the experience you have in the ontario indie scene and i know you've got experience in other scenes as well but in the ontario indie scene all the experience that you have what did you say here you really do see the pride promoters take in actually building stories and actually keeping them going. Like I've been to a couple shows. Like I've been to one of my favorite promotions other than obviously HWE. Hot shameless plug, HWE Network, $5.99 a month. But <laughs> without HWE being one of my favorite promotions, another great promotion was, uh, you know, Crossbody Pro out in yep. Kitchener. Um, I would also have to say uh, Revolution Women's Wrestling and CWF down in uh, St. Catharines, Niagara Falls area. I'd also right. have to say my, my one of my home promotions, uh, Battle Arts and Destiny. Both run out of the Don Koloff yep. Arena now as well with HWE out of the Don Koloff Arena. They they take the pride in building these stories. 100%. Like I saw I saw the Josh Alexander becoming Destiny World Champion storyline. I followed that from beginning to end. That was almost a year and a half storyline. And they yeah. built it. I love, I love how promoters here do take pride in building those stories because it's so difficult already as it is to build stories. But yep. to build stories where shows are spaced out, that takes so much more effort. Oh, more effort definitely. than I think people realize. Yep, 100%. Because like one of the biggest things, and I was actually having this discussion with a buddy of mine uh, today. Because everyone's putting up their promos on social media, and that's great. It really is. You know, It keeps kind of things going. It keeps things fresh. It's like, but what are many people doing to catch the eye to make them watch this promo? Because truthfully, if I'm scrolling Facebook, I don't watch a whole lot of videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I'll come across one that, you know, will kind of catch my eye there. But for the most part, if I see, you know, it's just your bedroom wall and uh, you're holding in your phone in your face like this, I don't I don't want to watch that. For, personally, for me, the setting, the the atmosphere that which you're in, like, you know, that's why I was a big fan of Corey Stone when he changed to the creepy dad. He's got this like grungy looking feel to it. To, I think it's a basement, to be honest. But he's this creepy dad character. And he's got that background. It's got the boilers, the you know, it, it's that dirty look that you want. It's like almost like a serial killer that you don't, you, you're not aware that that's what he does when he's not around, you know. That's the kind of stuff I like. You know, when there's that effort to put that in there, like I, there's one thing I can't stand also, it's promos where the camera goes from horizontal to vertical. That pisses me right off. <laughs> I hate that. Or if it's like nighttime and someone's trying to have the feel, but they're standing there, the lights behind them and you can't even make out their face. You make out their silhouette and that's it. It's like, come on. So for me, when I'm watching promos, how you're presenting it is telling me if I want to watch it or not. And I'm not saying the promos themselves are bad, but the atmosphere, the setting, the thumbnail alone, if I'm scrolling Facebook, I'll be like, yeah, I'll forget it. So, like, and I'm not shitting on anybody with that by any means, but it's just, you know, even my promos, I don't have many, but there's a lot of mine that I do not watch. I don't watch any of them. And truthfully, it's because for the longest time, I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to set this up here and do this here. Why am I in a parking lot for no reason? You know, why am I, why am I cutting a promo in, in my bedroom? Why am I cutting a promo at my front door? It's like, it, to me, it's just kind of, you have to take that extra effort and that extra thought. Like, pers- one person in particular that I've always been a fan of with his promos and just his vignettes and everything is Von Vertigo. 
I was just going to say, when it comes to, I nicknamed him the Tarantino of the Ontario indie wrestling world, okay? Yeah. He is, he is that fucking amazing. His promos 100%. are phenomenal. And yeah, so yeah, you're 100% right. Von Vertigo, when it comes to promos in Ontario indie, Von Vertigo is the one everyone should be looking at. 100%. Like, he, he's got the sets perfectly. He's got, you know, he's got the words alone. He's got the personality. He's got the face. Like, just his body movements and everything. He's got it. He's got the hair. And, He's got the hair too. He does. He's got the hair. I told Mike, I said, listen, you and you and Vaughn for me, depending on the day, my my likability for the head of hair changes. If I'm in the mood for a little vertical, I'll go vertical. If I'm in the mood for forte, I'll go forte. And that's just and that and Mike was like, Well, what do you mean? I was like, Well, listen, at the end of the day, he's got that herbal hustle's flow, bro. You do too. Yeah. But it's just with Vaughn, it just it's it's there. It's there, man. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So when it, when it comes to production and just the putting that time and effort and that, just that little extra preparation into your shit, mm -hmm. he's such a good guy to watch mm -hmm. for anybody. Like if you've never done a promo before, go watch his work. If you've been doing promos for years, go back and watch his work, you know, like, cause there's some people who've been doing this for years and the promos are still like, it looks like it was filmed on, you know, a flip phone still or something like that. Like it's true. Listen, don't age yourself right now. Don't throw out <laughs> flip phones, okay? People still believe no. both of us, well, maybe one of us is in our 20s. The other one is, is heading to 40. And if hey, you hey, say hey. flip phone, it hurts me so I'm, much. I'm not, I'm not shitting on the flip phone. I'm shitting on the cameras because I ah, love flip phones. I, okay. love <laughs> I still wish we had them and we didn't need the, the all the advanced technology. You know what I used to love like. about flip phones? I always used to do it like a movie. When I Even when I was in high school, I started smoking in high school like a fucking idiot. I would smoke like the movie smoke. So I would light it and be like, you know, just very intense. But with a yep. flip phone, I'd be like, hey, man. Hey, man, you need me to make a call? <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're in an argument and you get pissed off, you just snap it shut, you know? That's it. I that am it. done with this conversation right now. Fuck exactly, but now it's like you know, it's like you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes the, the touch screen doesn't work because your fingers are oily, and you're like, they can still fucking hear me. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. Sometimes I hate these new phones as much as they're beneficial. I hate them sometimes. Oh. So, um, in terms of death matches and hardcore matches, you're a fan. I appreciate the hardcore matches as well, for sure. Don't get me wrong. When it comes to hardcore matches, I mean, I was an ECW freak when I was a kid. Absolutely yeah. loved it. But at the same time, what I love that ECW did a little different than just certain aspects is just throwing out a death match is they actually built storylines. The, the matches, they were all hardcore or they used that hardcore aspect, but there was a build to it. There was a reason why it went so dark. Yeah, I find a lot of the promotions now, not mentioning any promotions, when they do put on a hardcore match, there's no build to it. It's just, okay, it's a hardcore match because a hardcore match. Well, what's yeah. the build? What's the angle? What's the meat and the potatoes of this situation? Because two men, two women, a man and a woman, two performers yeah. don't just wake up and, and go to go to a promotion one day and say, I don't like your face. And I, I'm going to put something through it. Yep. It, it takes a while to get there. Yep. It takes For a sure. while. There has to be an organic build. So in terms of... Um, I guess the build of a hardcore match. Yeah. How how do you get there? Because like you said, you when you pr premiered a Death Proof, uh, you didn't do a hardcore match. It was just a triple threat. And then yep. now we've gone and we've done the 
progression into the hardcore side. Also, you've done some crazy stuff at No Ring North. You've had a blast over there as well. How yep. do you how do you get the organic build to a hardcore match? Do you do you sometimes just the promoter says, okay, listen, Tyler, we're going to do this with this, and it's going to be a tables match or a chairs match? Or do right. they say, you know what, I want to start it as a regular match, and then I want it to escalate from there? Have you yeah. had options like that? I've I've had a bit of both, in a in a way. Like my first real hardcore match was with Tyler Hill during the pandemic, ah. and we started CWF, telling a story. CWF, CWF uh, faithful right there, awesome yeah. guy, awesome guy. And and we had been we had been doing some back and forth, and there's some stuff that still hasn't been aired. And then, you know, it's it's what it is right now, and that could stop that could continue. There's still that hit or miss factor right now. It really all depends on the direction of him and the direction of me and what's, what's to come out of it. But then at the first live event, they had me put out a promo a week, a couple of weeks before the event calling, uh, just doing a call out because, you know, it's on social media. That's no secret that we're really good friends is me and Travis Moore, you know, him and I are, him and I are just as close, almost as close as me and Mike are. You know, so but not as that. close as you and I are like when it comes to closest, you and I are the closest. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's why I'm doing this with you right now. I don't do this with just anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and that's the thing because he'll he's put it out there that we got a big bromance in Ontario, Indie. That's that's what he calls it. So it was like, all right, to my knowledge, he's not like he's not wrestling nowhere north anymore, mm-hmm. and that's totally okay like if you don't you want to do it great you don't want to do it great you got your path um so that was his first live event there and it was his last match there and no one actually really knew that so we put on this big he did i did a promo he did a promo and we started the match which then there was you had uh chris logan cutthroat cutsy whatever you want he wants to go by right now um he had come out and you know he did his big promo just playing up his gimmick and it turned into a triple threat, but that entire match for the most part, how we had it played, it was still Tyler Rowe versus Travis Moore. And by the end of that match, cause I came out on top with that one, I took a moment and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, sure, this is the first event and I just won the match, but we had the cage set up. So I went back into the cage and called Travis in. We did the handshake and the hug. And I told him, I was like, like I thanked him for the match. And I told him I'm leaving this to you. And I walked out. Because it was his last match there. I was like, if you're not coming back, this is your moment. Like, have your moment with these fans. Because they were so great. That whole that whole show, the crowd was hot, top to bottom. Um, even if they didn't know who any of you were. Which, I'm pretty sure they knew who everyone was. But still, um, with that, they popped for everything. They were... The best thing I compared to is the equivalent to a Philly crowd, but in Ontario. That's what I looked at that. I like that. And, I like that. Yeah. So... I told him, I was like, you have the ring. I was like, say your goodbye kind of thing. Whether they were paying attention to that story that we were telling, just like, it was very subtle. Like, I knew he was leaving, so that's kind of how I worked it. I didn't pin him. I pinned Logan. And that's kind of how I left it at that. And I gave him the I gave him the cage or the ring, I guess. There's no ring, obviously. But, you know, that whole concept. It was like, say your goodbye. He did He did his bow and he blew a kiss and this and that. Now he's done. And going forward from there, if him and I meet in a hardcore setting someday again, 
then we kind of bring that story back in a sense, you know? So it all really depends. Like there are some matches that are just, we got two guys and nothing to give them. We're going to put them in this match. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to do that. That happens in regular wrestling shows. I've worked numerous matches that had no purpose behind it. It was just, you know, you're the face, you're the heel. Tell that story. Mm-hmm. And that was that was it from there. So me personally, I love when there's, I don't like when the story's necessarily shoved in your face. I like when it starts small and branches up. And then it's so, even if that first you're like, you know what, I don't give a shit about this. I'm not going to pay it any mind. But then the next show, something bigger happens. And you're people not expecting it. They're, they they brushed it off when it started. But then now you've caught their eye with something. And then at the next show, you catch them a little bit more. And by the end of it, they're so into it. Even if even if they, they're booing the face or they're booing the heel, it doesn't matter. They're into this story now because of how you're telling it. And it's like the one thing I, I can say, and nothing against him, because he's doing some of his greatest work now. But look what happened with Roman Reigns. Everyone got sick of him because he was in your face no matter what he was doing. And that was it. I personally, I like Roman Reigns. I do. But I was sick of seeing his face every five seconds. You know? So I like when those stories are progressive and they tell, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You do something different. Mm-hmm. But even in hardcore wrestling, I like when there is a story to tell because then it's just more than just bang, bang, crazy shit. Mm-hmm. That's why even when we did our match, we didn't start with a table. That was our finish. That big dive, the big elbow drop, that was a, that was the finish. We started small. We started a back and forth, led up to a chair. Then it kept on with the chair a bit. Then it led to, you know, the, the plastic bat with the forks in it. You know, we as much as that may not seem like an early on thing. <laughs> in, in, with, in that particular setting, very early on. Very yeah. early on. So with the, with the weapons, it's the same deal, just your regular match. It's like, okay, we have these weapons. What's gradually going to get a bigger pop? What's going to look more devastating? And you go up and up and up. And how are you going to top an elbow drop off of a roof through a table in a parking lot? Like, there's no ring there that's going to hurt no matter what. My hip, I was walking like shit for two or three days, you know? So once we went up and up and up and we hit that elbow drop, we told that story. We built everything from the time we got out there to the time we walked back, we built it. And that's personally how I look at hardcore wrestling. I don't look at it as just a bunch of glorified yarders as much as people like to say that we are. I like to look at it as it's just a different story you're telling. All wrestling is storytelling, all of it. Mm-hmm. Like my my biggest comparison, because people ask me just about wrestling in general. It's like I never, I never finished high school. I left high school because I wanted to go to wrestling school. That was what I did. That's what I wanted to do. And now that I do the hardcore wrestling, I again I compare it to school. I'm like in school, how many different English courses can you take? How many different math courses can you take? There are so many layers to one subject in re- in school and in wrestling. So to me, hardcore wrestling is just another educational course that I'm taking. If I stick with it, great. If I don't, I can say I've done. People don't like to understand that necessarily. And I'm not going to try and make them understand. You can't make someone understand something they don't want to understand. Mm-hmm. Perfect example. My, my, my school teachers tried to keep me in school. I said, this isn't for me. I'm going somewhere else. And that's what I did. They weren't going to try to make me understand something I didn't want to understand. So I look at the same thing as with wrestling. Like you got the old school guys that think deathmatch hardcore wrestling is complete garbage. That's on you. That's what you think. I'm not going to worry about satisfying you because there's, 
200 fans that are going to come to this show next week. I'm worried about satisfying that because they're the ones who enjoy it. And then when I'm wrestling a tag match in Brantford or whatever, the next week, I'll worry about the people who like the tag team wrestling. You know, it's, it's one of those things you can't please everybody. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has something that they like or dislike, no matter how much you try to convince them otherwise. So I take it a show at a time. I worry about the ones who enjoy what I do. If they enjoy what I do, those are the people I'm focusing on. If there's one person doing me, I'm not going to feed into that person. You know, I might wink at them or blow them a kiss at some point just to be a dick. But outside <laughs> of that, what I do for those 15 minutes or more or less. You know what? Don't just wink or blow them a kiss. What I find gets under a lot of people's skins. I used to do this in high school when somebody just used to look at me the wrong way. Like, I don't fucking like you, George. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because... Once you show them that they're bothering you, because truthfully, I'll say, if there's 200 people and two people are booing me, fuck those two. I don't care. You know, I may try to win them over, but if I don't, whatever. That's just, it's just what it is. It's wrestling. Everyone has their taste. Like, I can't even name how many people I wrestle with that tell me I'm an idiot for doing hardcore and deathmatch. People that have changed their opinions on me because of hardcore and deathmatch. It's like, you know what? But then you'll see me in a singles match by the book, exhibition, regular rules, and you'll see that I can still do that too. Mm -hmm. You know, I can do both. Because if I do a ladder match, people eat it up. But the second I take a barbed wire bat to the back, everyone's like, that's too far. I'm like, what's the difference? It's the same story. You're using a weapon. But because it's, you know, it's barbed wire or it's glass, that's too far for some people. It's like, then don't watch it. You know, like, it's what I love to do. Like, I love wrestling as a whole. I don't love just one type of wrestling. I love wrestling as a whole. Mm -hmm. So when people have their opinions on it, it's like, that's fine. It's totally okay. You like, you know, the catch is catch can. That's great. I love that stuff too. You like tag team wrestling. That's great. I love that stuff too. You like just gimmick matches. Great. That's great for me too. It really doesn't matter because I'm in wrestling because I enjoy wrestling. I don't, I, if I wanted to be a deathmatch wrestler solely, I would have only done deathmatch wrestling. If I wanted to just do catch as catch can, that's what I would have done. I'm in wrestling to do everything that I can to show that I'm versatile, that I have all these different aspects to me, that I have all these little tricks in my pocket. If you need me to do a hardcore match in London, I'll do a hardcore match in London. If you need me to do a tag match in Simcoe, I'll do a tag match in Simcoe. That's all I'm trying to do. And people don't like to uh, listen to that part of it. They only see it. It's And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that, uh, but unfortunately in wrestling, as much as we are fans, we are so negative. Yeah. We are so positive. We're we're naysayers. <laughs> we're all over the place with what we like yep. and what we we're very vocal. See, that's yep. what that's what I find. Unfortunately, with the age of technology, the age of the internet, we're very vocal with a yep. key. Anybody can pop up their chest with a keyboard, but to put 100%. yourself out there to step into any ring you choose to step in or tell any story you choose to step into, it's yep. the same way. Much in the podcasting game, man, I've done a hundred plus interviews. And yep. I've had people like him. I've had people hate him. I've been guests on other podcasts. I've had people tell me they're delusional. And then I've had people start attacking my daughter. And then I say, okay, that's where it ends. Because I'm a dad yep. first. And I'm yep. going to put you through a fucking wall. You attack my kid. You want to attack me? Hey, it is what it is. I'm an adult. You're a child because you're keyboard worrying it up. But at the yep. end of the day, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. And a lot of people are one. Yeah, That's what I like to add on to it. It's true. It's a hundred percent true. Like I know, like when I try to explain a lot of this, because like, even now I'm 
I'm a little fumbly on my words because I'm trying not to swear because the like I don't want I've you can listen. Don't cool fucking to, worry about it. It's cool with the swearing bit, but I'm not trying to say it every other word. Like uh, you know, <laughs> so but because that's just how I talk. Mm-hmm. But I come off as an asshole trying to explain this to people because it frustrates me that people are so narrow-minded with certain things when it comes to anything. Mm-hmm. This just happens to be the wrestling part we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But people can be so narrow-minded that it ends up getting me frustrated. And recently, that's what I've been kind of thinking of. I'm like, why am I getting frustrated over people that you're not going to please no matter what? Mm-hmm. You know, they want to see me throw on my tights, my boots, and they want to see me do a backflip or, you know, they want to see me do a dive. Okay, I'll do that for them. These people want to see me throw on the UFO jeans and the bandana and jump off a fucking roof. Great, I'll do that there. You know, it now I'm just at the point where... I'm pleasing the crowd I'm in front of at that time. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that because there's crowds, even crowds, let alone just wrestlers. Everyone's got their taste. I'm now just going to work according to the crowd. Okay. You know, if even like, even if I'm at a hardcore show, people are, you know, I'm not doing enough hardcore. They'll let you know. You've seen the hardcore crowds. If you're not doing oh, yeah. enough, they let you know. It's like, okay, so something's not working here. Time to shift a bit. So it's just how it's going to be from this point on, you know, and like I said, people will look at me as an asshole for trying to explain it, but that's just because they don't want to understand it. Well, maybe they can now because you've, you've given that platform. There was no argument with me ever. That's what it is. It's just us having a conversation. And I feel like there was a lot of things you said I'm going to use in clips for promoting this episode that I find were, were fascinating and were very wise beyond their years. And I think you're right. right. Let's, I, I posted something on my social media a few weeks ago. It was fuck ratings. Let's just enjoy wrestling. Exactly. Enjoy what you love. If you, like you said, if you, I'm a big, my, my two favorite types of wrestling are tag team wrestling. I love to, I find it the purest form of wrestling is tag team wrestling. And I love old school tag team wrestling. Some of my favorite tag teams, the good brothers, uh, FTR, just because I love the eighties cutting the ring in half, segregating one guy. I love the hot tags, even though I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It gets me going, man. When I yeah. see one guy reaching out and I'm like, and I know that the ring is, is only so big. And I know that yeah. you actually could literally stretch your arm a little bit more. But to me, it's a sell. When I know, when I see you in dead center and you got that dead space look, like when there's one guy or girl on the floor and they're, yeah. and they're just looking in the corner and you're like, no, 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 no. Fucking shift your arm to the left. <laughs> just a goddamn inch. It's right <laughs> fucking there. It's not true. Like you're like that with some people, and you're like, no, move it so I can't reach. Just, 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 dude, just, just, just. I, I, I'm telling you, bro. Three, like ten and two. Right now we're at eight and four. Just give me ten and two, brother. I'm just all I need is ten and fucking two, and you're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it's, it, I find it the simplest form, but also being a girl dad, I'm a big fan of women's wrestling and the yeah. how far it's come. Uh, my. My daughters are, uh, they're huge women's wrestling fans. My five-year-old, we're taking her to our first show. We're going to the Battle Arts show November 20th. Right. And she is uh, all about Jody Threat. She hasn't even yep. seen Jody Threat step into a ring yet, but she is just all about Jody. And she's like, Daddy, uh, Mommy, Daddy, I love the I love the red-haired girl. And we got her a shirt that says Jody's youngest fan. She's going to yep. wear it that night. So. Like for us, for me as a family, just to share this with my kids and also have that journey where I can bond with my daughter and do these things. Yeah. That's what makes it special. Like we have a bond. I always promised myself, boy or girl, son or daughter didn't matter. Healthy and happy was all I cared about. But being able to have that bond with my daughter 
yeah. now as she gets older, being like being able to sit down and just watch Dynamite and she'll sit there and she'll be like, oh, that Hurricane Rana was so weak. And I'll just look over. I'll be like, I fucking love this kid. I fucking that's love my this kid. kid. Yeah, that's yeah. my fucking kid. You know what I mean? Or the other day we were watching, uh, we were watching Crown Jewel and yeah. uh, Becky, the three, the women's triple threat match, Becky got Sasha in an arm bar, but it was weak. It wasn't yeah. like she wasn't lynched up like she should have. Yeah. And um, Cass looked, Cass just looked at me. Cass goes, dad, like she even fucking trying. And I was just like, just a tear in my eye, just beautifulness. And you know what? But that's, again, that's what wrestling fans do. Like you said, if, if you, if you are out there as a performer and you're half-assing it or you're shitting on the product itself, we're going to call you out on it because it's something, when you're a wrestling fan, you're either a wrestling fan or you're not. It doesn't yeah. matter what type of wrestling you love or hate. You're either in it all the way or you're not. And I, I yeah. have friends of mine who are like, dude, you're, you're almost 40. You still watch wrestling? Fuck yeah, I do. And yeah. why? Because it's literally the oldest storyline of all time. It's good versus evil. And that's it. It's cut and yeah. dry. It's bad versus good, good versus evil. Who will conquer? Who will triumph? Yeah. It's literally the oldest, most simplest storytelling in the world. There's a good guy yeah. and a bad guy. There's got to be. Always. Yep. Sometimes you yeah. have a good guy versus good guy or a bad guy versus bad guy. But at the end of the day, there's yeah. always bad and good. That's just yep. the way it works. And it's the simplest form. And it's as simple as literally counting one, two, three. That's yep. how you end a match. Exactly. One, two, three. Doesn't matter how you get there. Can be told fifty thousand different ways. Exactly. But at the end of the day, all that matters is the. That's it. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly it. And even unto the to the point of the good and good and the bad and bad, the crowd's gonna pick who's good and bad. No matter what. If me and Mike got into a ring tomorrow, one Forte. of us is gonna be favored. Forte. Forte. Exactly. Forte. Exactly. So from <laughs> so from that point, there's still good and bad. You know, sure. At the end, you may you may get like if I if me and Forte would face and I was the bad guy and I was over, I still might get a bit of an applause because there's people who may like me still. But at the end of the day, his pop is going to be ten times bigger if he were to win because between the two of us, they will favor the good guy, even though we're both good guys. You know. Two bad guys. Even if you hate both of them, you're going to cheer which one you like better. You're going to cheer yeah. which one you hate the least. Exactly. That's the way I look at or, it. Or you hate the most. If you take if you take MJF against another heel, people are probably going to cheer against uh, cheer for MJF because he's... M Listen, MJF is gold, okay? There's nothing MJF can do. There's only one person, in my opinion, who's as gold as MJF, and he hasn't had the uh, as much exposure as he could have, and that's Richard Holiday. Richard Holiday uh, right. can literally do no wrong. I've had him on my MLW side podcast yep. a bunch of times. Actually, the mini host just dropped her five questions. Uh, well, today when we're recording it, but it'll be two weeks from now when this episode drops. Yep. But seriously, she dropped she, she dropped her five questions with him, and he is fantastic. He is one of those yep. guys that can turn it on and turn it off like that. And yeah. that's a talent. That's something you can't teach. No, exactly. And that's just it. And I'm going to backtrack a bit because I back into the topic of just like the family aspect. I will, I've watched a lot of your stuff to this point. I have. Thank you. I admire that bond that you two share with this because you know, like, and let's face it, I'm sure you've seen it happen. Most parents and kids, they don't want to hang out. Like the kids are always like, no, like leave me alone. I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm a grown up type deal. I did it when I was a kid. So the fact that you two have something that share that you share the common interest in and you've been able to create something great out of it and build that bond even more because 
now yeah it's 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 father daughter but it's also now professional like you said she will go and do her research on people she came to us and asked for five questions you know it's one of those things where not only is this building such a great bond it's also building her as a person mm -hmm. you know because now she's going to talk with all these different people from all these different places who've done all these different experiences you know so the fact that you two share that is very admirable and it's you know i applaud both of you for that Oh, thank you very much. We, uh, we, we enjoy it. And you know what? Uh, she's my best friend, hands down. She's my best friend. Her and I have something like now we're, we're very into horror movies. We actually just watched, yep. uh, the new Candyman last night, which is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. fucking movie. Amazing. Amazing movie. Um, and, um, you know, like we did a skit, we did an escape room for her birthday. Like her yeah. and I, we, we have our, our dad daughter moments. Like, uh, yeah. I, I, my, the one thing that gets my goat and my wife knows this and I love my wife to death, but the one thing gets my goat is when she fucking rolls her eyes at me. I love yep. it. And I don't yep. lose it like to the point where I'm like, ah, I'm just like, don't roll your fucking eyes at me. Like the yep. conversation's yep. over right now. You roll your fucking eyes at me. And yep. then today my kid did it to me. I was like, can you let the dog out? I am. And the eyes just went and I was like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, buddy. I'm just going to tell you right now, backtrack it right now, or else I'm going to take your phone and I'm going to snap it in half. <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't, I'm like, that's game over for me. Yeah. Yeah. You will be done for today. You will be up in your room. I'll slip a pancake under the fucking door and that's <laughs> it. Like, don't, do not roll your fucking eyes. And my wife's like, oh, yeah. oh, wife's like, oh babe. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get an opinion here. Not right now. You don't, because the eye roll is everything you do. And it's <laughs> with me. I know what gets her goat. So when we, when we're, when we're fighting, and again, we're a married couple. Yeah, we we love each other to death, but we fight. We disagree, okay? Yep, yep. We're normal, healthy couple, okay? And totally. uh, she'll, she hates when I, like, when I when, whenever she's doing something, and I'll be like, <sighs> I'll do the grunt thing, right? And she's like, don't, don't grunt at me. And I'll just be like, yep. yeah, and, and at that point, I'll know what it, I'll remember the rolling guy thing, and I'll be like, <sighs> yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> I oh, can't yeah. talk to you when you're like this. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's it that's, that's it. it so one more question and then i want to invite you to play a game with me if you're okay final question cool you've mentioned some amazing weapons forks you know uh, uh a plastic baseball kids baseball bat covered with forks a baseball bat covered in thumbtacks uh you know we've evolved beyond the baseball bat barbed wire it's so 1990s <laughs> okay evolution is key do you find yourself now when you're not wrestling, let's say you're out at a restaurant or you're out at, you're shopping for sheets at Walmart and you just happen to go somewhere and you're like, I could fuck somebody up with that. Yeah, I could put that through somebody's face. Do you find yourself now everywhere you go looking at, like you could be at Denny's having breakfast. Yeah. And you look at the salt and pepper shaker and you go, man, if I took that salt shaker and I just uncapped it, and shoved it down somebody's throat, how much that would suck to have like a pound of salt just running through your esophagus. I, I would say it's very common. Like I'd say the worst is anytime I've had to go to like a Home Depot with my old man or something. <laughs> oh yeah. Like we're, we're going to pick up some wood or something. We go, or, or, or a few tools. We go into Home Depot and I'm like, that's a nice fucking 15 foot ladder. You know, um, I'm going around looking at everything. I'm like, what if we just tied this together and then super glued it to a bat? You know, I'm like, there's so many things. Like, it's like you said, you the imagine, could you imagine Tyler Arrow's shopping list at a Home Depot? All right. Okay, dad, dad, dad. Yeah. Okay, you hear me now? 
Okay. I need a 20 foot ladder. I need two four by eights, eight four by fours, and two two by fours. Yeah, dad, two. No, I get that. No, I understand. Yes. No, I know, but I need, I only need two. No, I don't need 17. What do you mean buy in bulk? I need two for Saturday. That's it. That's all I need. Okay. I need a nail gun. Oh, dad, dad, can you find out if they have super glue and wood glue? Cause I want to put them together and see what happens. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thanks dad. Okay. Awesome. Oh, hold on. Uh, hold on. My girlfriend's at home Depot. I'm just telling her to get some, uh, I'm telling her to get the good thumbtacks, not the dollar store thumbtacks. Like, you know, spend five bucks. Okay. Spend five bucks. <laughs> uh, all right. So the game I want to play with you, usually I play promo one-on-one, but I figured with you, I want to play yes or no. It's very simple. I'm going to okay. throw out two things or not. Yes or no. Sorry. I'm going to throw out two options and you're going to pick one option. No thinking, just pick one option. 10 questions. Are you ready? So again, right. example would be uh, pizza or burgers and you would just throw out which one you like more. All right. All right. So that's what we're going to do. And it's going to build and progress. Okay. okay. So um, olives or pineapple? Olives or pineapple? Sorry. Olives or pineapple? pineapple. Olives or pineapple? Okay. Uh, burgers or pizza? Burgers. Ladders or chairs? Ladders. Kendo stick. Fork, fork bat, baseball bat. Fork bat, baseball bat. Fork baseball bat, okay. Uh, Nintendo or Sega? Uh, Nintendo. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Thumbtacks or broken glass? Thumbtacks. Mick Foley or Jake the Snake Roberts? Mick Foley. AEW or WWE? AEW. And the final question, this is a big one. This is a very, very big one. Let's do it. Peppermint floss or cinnamon floss? Fox, peppermint. <laughs> and that's it. That's word association. Uh, Tyler Arrow, thank you so much for being on Straight Talk today. Before I go, anybody that's not following your journey and understanding your story and seeing how amazing you are, both as a human being and as a kick-ass wrestler, please let them know where they can follow your journey. And also, don't forget to plug the hair care product because people need to know about hair strike. So please. That is true. Okay. So social media is Facebook. Simple as it gets. Tyler Arrow. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And for the times that I am on TikTok, uh, Tyler Arrow with the second three. Second E is a three. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, in, terms of, in terms of the hair product, <laughs> in terms of the hair product, hair strike we have the shampoo uh the conditioner actually we, it's been touch and go for all the everything is ready it's just now to print the labels because the last labels fucking did not work the last labels were paper people put them in a the shower they fucking ran they leaked they ripped up so now we have to work on that um we have those coming in we're hoping to get those properly this time so we don't have that incident uh those across the board just DM, Facebook, Instagram. Mike doesn't have Twitter. Um, you find us on social media, put it in order. We can make something happen through there. Okay. Now I'm going to go ahead and put it in order. I need that shirt that you have on in a triple X because I'm going to see you at Hamilton Pro. So I need that shirt in a triple X. Okay, please. And also I need, I, I do actually, I really need that autographed cheese grater. I'm going to call I, I need that. I need you to make that happen for me. All right, the cheese grater I can make happen sooner. These, unfortunately, I do have to order for pro wrestling tees, so it might not be ready by HWE. Okay, but if I put but if I put an order in 
today, we can see how soon it'll be in and then fingers crossed. But regardless, I just, I need the autograph cheese grater. I need that. I need that to happen. It's got to happen. I will make that happen. Okay. Perfect. 100%. Perfect. So that's it. And as always, guys, my socials, you already know them, but fuck it. I'm a glutton for self-promotion. Why not? At undercore, underscore straight talk on Twitter, straight talk wrestling on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you are watching, please, as long as it takes to say this, just hit that subscribe button. All the support in the world helps. We appreciate it. Tyler Arrow, thank you so much for everything today. I learned a lot about hardcore wrestling that I myself didn't know being a fan of all types of wrestling. I love wrestling for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And now yep. I know you share the simplest form of that. So you know what? Forget what you like and what you don't like. Just like or love wrestling. And that's exactly. it. Exactly. All right, guys. Peace, love, and wrestling. See you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace, none in my lead. You out of place, I'm not at the top, I'm outer space. Can't eat with us, we're out of place. I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan, you can't relate. Straight talk going state to state